You're listening to Chatting with Copywriters. I'm your co-host, Kimberly Whitecamp. And I'm Bobby Lind. And on each episode, we break down the mysteries of copywriting and marketing. In this episode, we're going to get into split testing and why that matters with your copywriting. But before we get into that, Kimberly, I think you've got a question for me, don't you? I do have a question for you today, and it's, I'm very intrigued to learn your answer. So my question, Bobby, is what is your favorite number and why? I don't actually have a favorite number. Unless, unless you would go the number that I have used as the password on my phone forever. Well, you don't really want to put that out there to the masses, so try a new one. <laughs> but I'm going to because that means, first of all, you have to know what my phone is. You have to know where my phone is. You have to get access to my phone. So it's you know, the one that, and right now it's my face. And so therefore, good luck getting in. <laughs> I, so I've never really had a favorite number. You know, I know there's a lot of people that are like, oh, seven is my favorite number or 11. You know, you get, so, you get some of those normal ones. I like pie. Oh, that's great. Yes. And one of the reasons that I like pie is it is unapologetically unique and different. And it, it is, it's not, I mean, we round it up to Mm 3.14, right? But that's not the number. It is, it goes on forever. There is literally no end to the number of pie. And they have competitions every year for people to see who it can get into the Guinness Book of World Records and know the most places of pie. I do not know that many. However, <laughs> the fact is that a number has reached this status of just epic proportions is truly what makes it interesting for me. That is very cool. And what about yourself, Kimberly? What is your favorite number and why? So I have a fun story too with my favorite number. Um, For the longest time, I didn't really have one, right? I didn't really think about it. Uh, But then I had to pick, it was very strange. When I was a a kid, I played soccer and we actually picked the number of the jersey we wanted, right? They had a whole list of numbers and they're like, well, which number do you want? And for the longest time, I would go with 99 because it was as high as you could go. And then uh, (laughs) one year I joined a team and somebody, I joined a new team and somebody already had 99 and I was very, very sad. So I'd pick another number. I had to pick another number. And the one I picked was because, uh, you know, there's this superstition, especially in Western culture, that 13 is unlucky, right? Yes. So I was like, you know what? I am going to make it my lucky number. So my favorite number is 13. And uh, you know what? That year I had my best year ever playing soccer. I scored like five goals. So I kind of like breaking the perception, right? And I used 13 for every jersey, for every team I ever played for the rest of my life. And I would get, you know, the coaches and my fellow teammates would be like, are you sure that's what you want to choose? And I was like, yes, absolutely. 13 is my lucky number. As 13 is my favorite number. So um, I like the idea that it's got such a negative connotation or there's like this whole thought process behind it that, ooh, something is bad about this and I am not entirely clear why. But I like 13, even though you almost never see it in an elevator. Yes. Well, that's, it's, it's a superstitious number, right? Yes, it is. But, and thank you for the beautiful segue, by the way, <laughs> into split testing, because how do you think a hotel or something like that, or a, build, a business building figured out that skipping the number 13 in the elevator or for floor numbers works? So. Uh, 
you know, it's very intriguing, right? Because to me, it's always been this idea. It's like, well, okay, the 14th floor is still number 13. How but is it's it? not. It's 14. It's 14. But if you're counting, you know, you're still standing on the 13th floor, but people don't care because it's not labeled 13. And another way uh, a lot of places have gotten around that is in Europe, the ground floor is the first floor, but nothing's on the first floor. So ground floor is like floor zero. Uh-huh. Um, and then you have more. So it's like, okay, so which one is actually 13? Who are you talking with? Um, but yeah, definitely. I, I think that by the time people could actually build a building up to 13, there was a lot of superstitions around it. And they realized, you know, I, I feel they uh, probably built a 13 and then, you know, realized that no one wanted to stay there. You know, really, it was it's a matter of looking at the books and being like, people would request to be moved. People wouldn't want to stay there. A lot of places that don't have floors but just have numbers, they'll sometimes also just skip 13 because people don't want to stay in room 13. And it also depends on where you are, right? I mean, there are, there are places, especially in like Asia, they'll have 13, depending on the clientele. If it's mostly business travels, they won't because a good portion of those people are still are still not wanting to stay on floor 13. So yeah, definitely was a matter of let me look at what's going on and oh, maybe it's not, let's ask and then we'll go from there. Which so, is exactly what split testing is. That is exactly right? what split testing is. It is putting something out to the world, seeing what the data comes back as and then going, well, what could challenge this or what are two things that I could put out to the world? You know, the most common type of split test is considered an A-B test, right? Yes. Here are two versions. And here's, here's really where, I mean, m- the goal of, of this podcast is not to say this is what split testing is, but how to do it when it comes to copywriting, okay? Yes. And, and the most effective way to do a split test is to n- not do a radical change unless that, I mean, look, there's a point in time where if your website just looks horrible, you split test it against a completely redesigned thing. But if you're just tweaking, right? You don't tweak eight, 10, 12 different things or 13 if you want to go to that number. You you don't change a bunch of different things on your split test because then what actually made the difference, what made the increase or the decrease? So from a copywriting perspective, the number one thing that you can split test is the headline, that attention grabbing statement that's at the top. Even with Facebook ads, where the headline is at the bottom, that's not what you split test. You split test that very first line of the ad that people see first, right? That's your split test. And so that's the first thing that you, can, that you should test from a split test perspective on copy. The second thing is actually your lead. So headline and lead are the two different things from a, from a copywriting perspective that you absolutely should test. Yes, definitely. And, you know, there's a lot of debate about where the headline actually is on Facebook ads and what portion should you be testing? Should you be testing those two lines? Should you be testing the portion under the image? How are people looking at that? But essentially, you want to test the things that are going to have the biggest impact on sales. So headline and lead is the first, right? Is this enough to grab attention and get them reading? Right. Because mm-hmm. once you get into the nitty gritty of the copy, once you get in further and further and further down, there are many different things that you need to have to continue to get people to continue reading. But right. The first thing, and it's the most powerful because 
right? 80% or 90% of the work is done by the headline, right? It has to be interesting enough. It has to catch your reader at the right point and answer exactly what they're looking for and be intriguing enough for them to be like, okay, this I want to read and then get them to go on. And then the next thing you can test is at the very end, right? So you've gotten all of those people in, you've gotten all of those people to say, yes, okay, this headline is relevant to me. And then you, you can test the offer or you can test the close. What exactly? The call to action. Exactly. The call to action, right? Because you've gotten the very beginning, that gets them in. In reality, you're not going to lose that many people percentage-wise in the middle. If you get them in, you're going to get them to leave pretty soon or not, depending on what you're testing. And then you're going to start losing them when you start out talking about the offer, talking about the call to action. So you can, and it doesn't even need to be like a test of the price or a test of what you're offering. It can be, you know, a a test of the way you phrase it. How well, do you do that call to action? How well, and do you that, do that yeah, I mean, very specifically, the words that are used, right? Mm-hmm. The 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 actual copy makes a massive difference. You know, case in point, if you were to, and this is where you know, understanding your audience and the language that they use really comes into play, which we've harped on quite a bit in in our podcasts before. But the difference between you know the seven steps to create your financial freedom or the seven steps to create your future peace of mind. Now, those could mean exactly the same thing to different people. Yes. One, as a headline, may be more effective than the other. And all you did was change an element of the words that were used. This is where, you know, really understanding that that language and the words that that your audience uses is really comes into play because, and that, and that's a split test, right? Which one works, which one, which one in and of itself gets, whether it's more opens or more reads or more click throughs and you can split test even something that small. So it's not even a full reworking of the headline. It's we, we changed one word and I have seen with some of my clients, a single word can increase conversions by 30% right? I've seen it with my clients. I've seen a ch- the change in word decrease conversions by as, as much as 50%. And so you're right. just like, it's amazing. It's a single word. And that's why copywriting is kind of the profession that it is about getting into and really caring about the very specific words that are used because it can make a massive difference to your marketing. Exactly. And the other thing that you can really test, especially when you're talking about headlines and leads, is you may feel like, let's talk about financial freedom, right? So maybe people really want to know specifically peace of mind. But another idea is also, uh, you know, entering retirement without debt, something Mm -hmm. like that, right? So that's another opportunity for you to say, okay, I, you do the split test, you do the split Mm -hmm. test for wording. Absolutely. But it's another opportunity also for you to say, okay, I feel the research looks like this one particular approach, this one idea, this idea of uh, financial freedom. But then another idea that you see and come across a lot is providing for your children in the future. Could be, right? I mean, it just depends on, I'm, I'm not in finance, so I really am <laughs> I'm struggling to come up with ideas here. But basically the idea is, you may feel that your audience's number one concern is A, but then you may find that B also has a lot of number one concerns. 
Mm -hmm. So you can test the approaches because the information that you have in the sales letter could be the same thing. Your product could offer a solution to both of those approaches, but which one is it that they're really interested in? And, you know, the reason you split test is because research, talking to people can only give you so much. You'll never know exactly what is going to resonate until you test it. And that's something I've told my clients a lot. And it's really hard for people to understand. They're like, well, why didn't it work? And I'm like, did you test it? Did you, did, you know, they're like, oh, well, we didn't like that version. So we did the other version. And it's like, okay, well, you know, sometimes we are too close to what we're talking about for mm-hmm. us to be able to see our audience's perspective. So being able to say, look, here's two versions. They're the exact same thing, right? We're talking about financial freedom. One way we're talking about financial freedom is using this method. The other way we're talking about financial freedom is using this method or this idea or what have you. And then you test, right? You don't know how your audience is going to react. Everything could be pointing to one thing, but when you actually put it out there, the other thing might resonate. And that's something you're not going to know until you test it. Absolutely. And, and here's the thing about split testing is you don't have to, it, just a little bit of kind of back end to it. It doesn't have to be a full blown 50, 50 test, right? You know, so 50% of your traffic goes over here and 50% of your traffic goes over here. It doesn't have to be that kind of test. You can, you can carve off like 10% of your, of your traffic and sh- or 10% of your audience and show them this one variation because the beauty of, statistics and data and math in the back end is that it can tell you the likelihood of your new version as long as you get what's called statistical significance. So you send enough traffic to it to, to get to statistical significance. It's either going to beat the control or not. And then you raise it up. You go, okay, well, if it does it at 10%, does it still match it at 50%? Right. And so you can do things incrementally. And if it matches it at a 50 50 split of traffic and you're still doing better, you know, hey, go all in and that's great. And that's kind of the beauty of split testing is you actually get the advantage of really fine tuning your message to get it into the hands and minds and hearts of your readers. Absolutely. And the other uh, advantage of split testing is you can also split test interest. You can split test, uh, is your market changing, right? This has worked for us for so many years. If I try this new idea, this new approach, does that resonate more or less than the one we're using now? So there's this idea, right? Oh, I don't want to lose half my traffic because I don't like the other version. Well, fine. Then you do, as you were talking about, that really small percentage with statistical significance, of course. And, you know, unfortunately, you do have to have a lot of eyes on the copy. So if you only get 100 people to your website a month, I mean, a split test isn't going to do much for you because it's not uh, enough people really to get a, a general idea. But the idea is, you know, if you have this new idea, if you have a new product even that you're wanting to test, that you're wanting to know, okay, is there interest in this? Is there, is this approach something my readers are interested in? You can test a portion of your list. You can test a portion of your traffic. You can test a portion of people who are landing on a specific landing page. Um, And then that can give you ideas also to move forward with products, with offers, with services, uh, you know, if Mm -hmm. it makes a change. You may find that that 10% doesn't convert as well, but that's fine because you're still sending 90% of the stuff that is still converting well and you're not losing out. And now you know, okay, that, that direction isn't a good idea for right now. 
Yeah. And I, um, and sort of to wrap up the, the split testing conversation, one of the things that is, is incredibly uh, helpful to, to anybody that, that uses, that uses a copywriter or works with a copywriter, whether they're in-house or they're, they're a freelancer or third party. The, if you can give your copywriter that data, here's what is currently being run and here's how it's doing. Here's how your work was tested against everything else. You will find that you get better quality copywriters when you can give them the results of what it is that they're working on. Because, you know, like in my contract, I actually have that if you test it and it doesn't work for you or it doesn't, it doesn't beat your control, I'll do it again right? But you have to prove that you tested it and you have to prove that, you know, it went to statistical significance before I will do a full rewrite, you know? And that's actually something that I, that I heard from, uh, from one of the, one of the greats that had it in their contract before, right? Is look, run it the way that I did it and test it. If it doesn't work and it doesn't meet, it doesn't, it doesn't beat your control. I'll do it again. I'll even do it up to a third time, right? You know, for, for them, it was up to a third time, but you have to be able to test it. And if you're not willing to test it, then, you know, you, you don't get the best out of the copywriter and you don't get the best information, in, you know, in front of your client. I mean, not everything works. It really doesn't. And that's the beauty of being able to split test, throw an idea out there and sometimes be a crazy idea. Worst case scenario is it falls flat. And then, you know, that idea falls flat. Maybe we don't need to go that crazy. Maybe we try this other one or, you know, you never know. And that's the beauty of split testing and, and where it kind of comes into play. Absolutely. And that's another thing is that I never understand why companies are reluctant to test because you want it to work, right? You want to get your best results, not only for yourself and for your company, but also for your audience, right? If you're not meeting them where they're at, if you're not approaching them with their best, with your best method, then you're not, you're not helping them as much as you could be, right? And you want to be able to bring more people in and be that source of whatever it is that they're looking for. So in terms of split testing, I mean, simply put, it's the best method for you to really get to know your audience because then you can say, okay, so this sales letter converted better with approach B than approach A. Maybe now when you're doing the backend sales, you're keeping that new approach in mind. More people got brought in, more people, this, you know, this beat the control. Okay. Maybe we rework what we currently have in terms of email and email sales funnels and rework it with this new idea, this new thought in mind, and you can see even more uh, ways that things change, right? It's getting, it's not only just gathering data, but that data can be used to better help the audience you already have and bring a new audience in the future. So uh, I think those are our, our last thoughts on, uh, on split testing and how you can really use it to, to not only increase sales, but really get to know your audience and figure out exactly what it is that they want. Because there's a famous saying, right? Find out what they want and give it to them. That's pretty much it. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of Chatting with Copywriters, where we talked about split testing and how you can use it to better connect with your audience and increase sales. Check out our past episodes and visit us at chattingwithcopywriters.com. If you have a topic or would like to appear on our show, please get in touch with us by filling out the contact form. And don't forget to subscribe either at chattingwithcopywriters.com or on your favorite 
podcast service such as iTunes or Spotify. And if you like what you hear, please share it with your friends and leave us a review.